Let's go! Woohoo! Okay, it is uh, Monday night, and we are the Preferred Lines Podcast. I'm Chad Eckert, and that's Joe Idoni. And each and every week, we have a guest. We'll get to him shortly. Here, you see him there, Ryan. Good evening. Uh, before we get to you, and before we get to the pod today, we got to talk about our guys over at Jock Market. That's the market that you need to be on. I mean, I know that the stock market's dominating. BP Snow is in here. <laughs> He's all about this. He's more cryptos, but whatever. You can do anything, but you can buy and sell players. You can't do that anywhere else but on the jock market. So tell us about that, Joe. How are you doing over there? Are you winning money still? Yeah, it's going good. Um, had a couple of like break-even weeks, but overall, it's been awesome, man. Uh, the jock market, DFS times uh, stock market with golf. I was actually talking to to Brian about it a couple weeks ago, but uh, it's good stuff. If you would like to give it a shot, PL20 is the promo code below for a free 20 bucks. 20! Moving on up. Yes, sir. Yeah, it used to be 10, so if you've been failing to get in on this now, you've just got a free 10 bucks for waiting. That's how it works. Okay, so that's the jock market. And if you want to know more about the jock market for PGA, you can watch... Our guy Joe on Wednesday nights, he's with Rick Run Good. It's the power hour. It's an hour before lock. It's a good time. Talk about the names they're going to click on and, you know, have fun. Yes, sir. Good times. Okay, we're back with Ryan Baroff. This is Ryan Baroff. He's the contributor at Golflandia Podcast. He does that with my, with the Wiley over there. It's co-founder with you, Joe, of the DFS Open. We've brought him back because we're back into Florida. Oh, it's great. Very exciting stuff. Yes, That's happy where... to be back. Thank you. Yes, um, you live there. I do. I do. I live close to Joe. So, in fact, you guys golf together. Yes, on occasion, Joe, I do lose money to Joe. Yes. Oh, <laughs> even with that swing Joe has that he needs to work on. Well, I, I had unfortunately given him some putting tips, and then I also gave him some strokes, and it was a bad <laughs> combination. Oh shit! Well, you're like the Steve Stricker of the tour then over there. That's right. That was okay. actually part of the tip. Was a little Stricker tip actually. What's the putting? <laughs> it's true. Toe down, right? Toe How down. could it not be? Ryan, okay. This is the interview process of the Preferred Lines podcast. It's called the Front Nine because it's the beginning. It's the first half, I suppose, of the podcast. Each and every Monday night, we bring someone on to talk to them about things and about the course and their opinions. So you're back in the hot seat here. It is the new course, though, which is kind of interesting. Where, Even do you, better. where do you normally get your course information? How are you using that information then to determine the names you bet on? Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, usually I get my course information from my brain. Uh, but we don't <laughs> have that here. So uh, it's good because nobody really knows what they're talking about. Uh, I use Green Square Golf for all of my stuff. Obviously, that's uh, Matt's venture with Mike Miller. Um, it's an awesome resource. So if you don't have access to it, use it. Um, and yeah, Mike has odds there as well as his own personal odds and a good course summary. Um, so yeah, I mean, this week I'm just looking at kind of the same, uh, stats as everybody kind of longish par 72. I, you know, I know Florida golf pretty well. Um, as we just saw with the West coast, the same guys play well on the West coast as they do every year. And I think you're going to see more of that down here. So, um, it's a chalk week. It's a world golf championship week. So probably more, um, I guess more game theory for us to talk about than anything this week. Certainly. Are you there, Joe? 
Can you guys hear me? Yes, come on in. All right. You're the next contestant. Next question. I'm going to log out and log right back in. All right. Okay. I'll ask Joe's question. Okay. Do it. Joe is, you know how we do this here? We go back and forth because we're structured. We do this. This is so serious over here at the Preferred Lines podcast. It's very, you know, we're an important podcast. Uh, If you actually go ahead and rate and review this thing, maybe we could become an important podcast on the iTunes network someday. But welcome to the Florida PGA Tour. We know it's the time of year that they travel to Florida. That's awesome. Feels like every year we have a crop of players that play well during West Coast swings. And then another crop of players comes out and plays well in Florida. Is there anything to that? Is it the grass? Yeah. Uh, Well, it's not exclusively the grass, but there is something to that. It's the grass, it's the weather, um, it's the comfort. You know, a lot of the West Coast guys, they're still based out in California. Uh, we saw it last week, you know, Molinari recently moved here and apparently he's been home based uh, at Riv. So uh, I think that uh, played up last week. And then here in Florida, yeah, of course, you know, you have the big crowd here in South Florida, West Palm Beach, Jupiter, where they all play and practice these courses. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's why you see the same guys perform well each year. Okay, well, I just got a text from Joe that his internet is effing up. I don't know if there's a hurricane near you guys or there's high winds. Do you think that the f- weather is going to be a factor? It's on the other side of – it's on the you know Gulf side, I guess, of Florida. Is it even a coastal course, would you call it? I mean, it, it, it's going to be close enough that, yes, there's going to be wind. But, uh, no, I mean, weather here has been perfect. It's, um, yeah, kind of low 80s, uh, not too windy. Okay. Not a lot of rain either. So, yeah, it's uh, perfect. Okay, we're adding, but we're adding in our guy to our picks. He's back in. Okay, Joe, Joe Idoni, uh, welcome back. to the podcast. Sorry, uh, you want to you want to ask a question? I just asked about the Florida tour, and we were talking about the fact that it might be kind of windy or whatever. Cause it's always windy in Florida. Uh, the no cut thing, though, that's what we're ta- we're going to talk about next. It's a no cut event. It's a WGC event. What does that mean? Why does it make anything different? Does it make you choose different names for your card because it's a no cut event or it's a bigger event? So in terms of who I like and who I don't like, no, um, it doesn't really play a factor into that. I think it does with DraftKings um, only because it just makes me want to pivot more. Everybody's getting four rounds, right? So your pivot, you know, if it's someone who you don't like as well as the other guy, they have a much better chance of paying off and outscoring that other guy because they're getting four rounds no matter what. Um but in terms of, you know, if there are guys who are better in no-cut events, you know, no, absolutely not. You mean, so the thing about Xander being good in no-cut events? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and yeah, don't play uh, Louie and don't play Berger. No, that stuff's not going to fly this week. Okay, just this is another week on the PGA Tour. Yeah. All right, Ryan, so I'm back. So when I opened up the board this week, it seemed like they had laid some juicy numbers out there. Anything sort of stick out to you at the top? I mean, I know that they, they hung some pretty high numbers on like JT and Bryson. Anything fancy you there? Um, yeah, I think that was the first thing that stood out. Um, I saw Rory at, at 1650 and JT 1850. I didn't uh, pull the trigger on them because I think that next range, um, there was a lot of value. Like when I saw both uh, Berger and Brooks at 30, uh, I did not expect to see that. I'll say that. Um, and I think, you know, we'll talk about this more, but that range from, from 30 to 66 or 70 uh, is probably where I'm going to spend my time this week. Okay. Now let's talk a little bit about you before we get into the names for this event. Do you have an, a brand? Do you play a guy every week or is there a guy <laughs> out there that you can't get right? 
<laughs> you want to talk yeah. about those things? Air those grievances. Yeah, well, so, I mean, last week was actually very interesting because uh, if I had to pick one or two uh, who are in the brand, it would be Fitz and Kokrak. Right. Uh, of course, both of them, you know, excellent ball strikers. Um, it was nice to see Kokrak win uh, back at Shadow Creek. Uh, Fitz, of course, hasn't yet, but, you know, he wins all the time on on the Euro Tour. But, yeah, I mean, last week I had a really good DK lineup and and uh, had neither of them, so I was actually ringing against them on the weekend. Um, but, yeah, I mean, those two guys, you know, I obviously gravitate – towards the euros as well um but yeah i guess mostly fits and co-crack for me well so is there a guy you can't get right is that burger uh well he's been so good as long as you play him you're getting him right right now <laughs> true uh i have definitely been playing more daniel burger uh this year than last um in terms of guys i i i can't get right i mean not too much i definitely uh i don't play hideki i guess that would count that's um, a good idea I would probably like look. I mean, we're coming up on 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 the players. Uh, he's playing so badly that you might see him at like eight k for the players. Like that could be something. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's not a guy that I play. Um, Are you in or out on Finau? Are you a Finau guy or not? I am Finau neutral. I would say I, I typically match the field or or a little bit underweight. Um, I think of the guys at the top that I play the most, it's it's probably number one JT. Number two, DJ. Cool. Okay. What about Ryan? You know, you know, I love a good long shot. Chad does too. In a WGC week, is there anything there? Like, what's the cutoff point for an outright for you in a week like this? Uh, in terms of where you you would pivot to, maybe a top ten bet instead of playing an outright. Uh, yeah, good question. I would say normally, like in a field like this, um, eighty or ninety to one is, is is probably as far as I would go, and like here, I mean, you're getting names like, you know, like Sergio, right, uh, in that range, who I think is 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 still very valuable. Uh, I will say uh, I did bet a 200 to 1 guy this week, so it's probably not a good example. Munoz? <laughs> what? Was it Munoz? No, it was Gary Woodman. Oh. oh. 200. <laughs> Jeez. I yeah. got 140. I liked it too. Yeah. That uh, was good. Yeah, DraftKings posted a 200 uh, today. And uh, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about this, but look, the ball striking has been good. Uh, I feel like, you know, at least geographically, you know, he's played well at Valspar. He's played well at Honda. Um, he just putted atrociously last week, but he's not, he's not usually a good putter and he's not usually a good poet putter. Uh, and so you come here, it's a tough golf course. Part threes are long. You're going to need to hit fairways. Like, yeah, why not Gary Woodland? Okay, now we have you on the pod. Hey, have you ever been on a guest on a podcast before? <laughs> <laughs> yes, no. I am on a a, uh, a rotating bullpen. Uh, yeah, right. and you guys. Uh, we know yeah, you do. We know who you are. Yeah. You are a Euro guy, and you wake up in the middle of the night, and you watch the Euro turn tour. Why would you do that? I don't know. You do that, but you like those Euro names. Who do we want to look at this week? Is it McIntyre? Is it Bazudin? Who? Um, yeah, you know, I definitely want to learn a little more about the golf course. Uh, but if it's going to play difficult, uh, which it sounds like it might, I do think a couple of these guys would be very viable. And yes, uh, Zeidenhut would probably be the best. Um, I mean, Hovland's a Euro. Can we just <laughs> yeah, can <I> <laughs> Hovland again? <laughs> nice try. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I do like Zeidenhut a lot. Uh, I'm not going to get too fancy this week, uh, because I do think, the pricing is is so soft that like I mean you can get a guy like Abraham Answer for sixty eight hundred like I just don't think you need to go off the wall too much this week. Okay, 
Well, we were there last year um, when Tommy showed up down in our neck of the woods and probably should have won that tournament. Uh, we see him for the first time this week. Any interest in Fleetwood back in Florida? I do. Uh, yeah, uh, 55 to 1 was another very interesting number that I saw today on Fleetwood. I don't think we've ever seen that number uh, here. Um, but yes, I, I do have interest. My only concern with Tommy again is uh, it's the putter. He just he doesn't put well enough. He's he's like you know he's like a mini Finau in that where he'll lead the field in ball striking or in strokes gained approach and he'll finish ninth or twelfth just because he doesn't make enough putts. But uh, I do have some interest this week. Yeah, let's talk about your guy Fitzpatrick. You like him? He was in contention last week, showing form. Yet they show no respect to his betting number, and he's like seven thousand dollars on draft. It's crazy how they just disrespect this Matthew Fitzpatrick guy. Why does he not get no respect? Um, well, I think you saw it on Sunday. Uh, every time he's been there, he's crumbled uh, hmm. on Sunday, most specifically. Um, but, but in December, he didn't do it on the Euro Tour. He made, he won, didn't he? Just like he wins on the Euro Tour. He the Euro yeah, he's got six. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he is perennially uh, undervalued over here. And I think it's, you know, I think it's a combination of things. Number one is that he hasn't won here. Uh, and number two, he is not a long hitter. And I think, you know, I think that's one of the big skill sets that uh, these guys weigh when they just kind of, uh, they evaluate players and they set these odds. Sure. Ryan, do you put anything much stock in the course history? Um, it seems like the last couple of weeks, it's, it's really proven to be something that maybe I see myself looking more at, uh, in the future, maybe making a little adjustment there. What do you, what do you think course history? What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, um, I do. I would say um, I think the last two weeks were a bit of an outlier. I do think, I mean, as we mentioned, West Coast, but specifically Pebble and Riv. Um, yeah, you see the same names pop up over and mm -hmm. over again. So it's not the same for every course. I will say I look more at course fit. And so, you know, I will kind of look at a course. Um, I'll look for specific stats and trends or uh, kind of crossover from specific courses more than just, you know, one course. You know, if they play well, you know, at like at Riv, okay, that's great. But I'm also going to want to see that they've played well at Augusta or at Torrey Pines or at Quail Hollow or something like that. I, I wanted to ask you about the veteran guys that have kind of taken a step back. We've at Augusta or at Torrey Pines. So, like, basically, like, there's a few names out there that I'm not sure if they're done, if their careers are over. One is Justin Rose and the other is Matt Kuchar. What's up with these guys? Are they dead? Well, I hope not because I bet Justin Rose this week. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> Matt Kuchar might be dead. Yes. Yeah. Um, because, yeah. But think about Rose. He still hits it very far. He still has a very good short game. And we know the issues that he had last year playing the Hamna clubs. He is now completely finished with those. He switched back to Mizuno Irons a few months ago. Uh, I don't want to say he's back, but... The irons have been significantly better. He's hitting a lot of greens. He had a couple good finishes in the fall, a couple good finishes on the European tour, including a runner-up to DJ in Saudi Arabia. Uh, and yes, that's a European field tour. It's not great, but he only lost to DJ. He tied Finau. He beat Anser and Kokrak and all the other Americans who were there. So um, yeah, I am still on Justin Rose. All right, RB, we're going to put you in a little bit of the hot seat here. Uh, one pick, we call it the preferred play of the week. Who do you think takes it down? 
<sighs> Brooks, not a very uh, sneaky play there, but. Well, that'll be an accepted play on this podcast. We've yeah. won among him. <laughs> yeah, Brooks. Cool. Okay. And are you going to buy him on the jock market? Are you on that, Ryan? No, Joe was just talking to me about it again. So I will try and join. But yeah, I mean, what I told him is, is I mean, with work and kids and stuff like that, it's hard to commit to a certain time, even after hours, Wednesday night. Uh, right. Uh, but I definitely want to try it. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. It's hard, but it's so fun. Like it's really a passive thing too. You, you just can do a little like on Wednesday afternoon, you throw in five, seven bucks on a guy. If you don't get him, you don't get him. If you get him, you get him. And then by Sunday in the afternoon, you've forgotten about it completely. And you open up yeah. your app. You're like, Oh yeah, I had this guy. Did I make any money? Oh my God, I'm making a lot of money or, Oh shit, I was terrible. So it's kind of like one of those things that you just forget about and you open That's Sunday. You know what I do with uh, Robin hood every day. So, Oh, there you go. Well then maybe you already have that itch you're scratching. And he's dipping the toes in the crypto now, too. It's true. God, how about the top shot? Are you getting in on that? No, and I look, I think it's viable. I don't understand it, I don't pretend to understand it. Um, but <laughs> sorry uh, to bring that up. I'm sorry, soon. we're losing viewers, they're just dropping off as soon as I <laughs> it's going to burst soon. Yes, all right, listen. Um, we got a little bit of an announcement to make. Uh, Ryan, speaking of other ventures, you and I obviously partnered last year, ran the first ever DFS Open. I will let you kind of take the reins on this and tell the people on the show uh, what we got lined up for 2021, what we're going to do here. Cool. Yeah, very exciting. So, um, yes, we have been working uh, tirelessly on the back end, trying to figure out kind of how to salvage this year. As as, uh, most of you know, you know, I think we made the announcement months ago that we weren't going to be able to do it in person, um, obviously, not that people want to travel or anything like that. Uh, but we didn't want to let the year slip by without uh, kind of all getting together at least one way or another virtually and, um, of course, raising money for charity. So we are uh, working and uh, we partnered with DraftKings and we're going to do this virtually. Um, it's going to be the same uh, weekend. So Honda Classic weekend, March 18th through the 21st. And we're going to be putting together a charity um, a virtual DFS Open. And uh, for that week, this event will be in place of the Pat Mayo Open, which most of you play each and every week. Uh, we're still finalizing structure and, and um, everything like that, but it's going to be an affordable price point for everybody, um, a multiple entries. And it's basically, it's you're going to donate as much as you want to donate. Uh, it's going to the first tee, but there will be cash prizes. There will be other great prizes that both Joe and I have been working on. Um, and we're going to work with Pat Mayo on that as well. Awesome. Yeah, I'm very exciting stuff. We've been, uh, it's been a long road trying to get on board fully with DraftKings. So we're excited to kind of announce that and look forward uh, to everything that they'll be able to help us out with next year when we're being able to go back to an in-person event. Uh, we're excited. So first place is going to be awesome. So not only is there a cash prize, we're going to give away a foursome to the 2022 event. Uh, our partners at the First Tee also run an awesome event the Monday after the Honda, uh, in which case, essentially, you play PGA National with the Sunday pins. The morning after they finish that tournament, they've offered up a pairing as well in their event. So we got a ton of other people on board. So it's definitely going to be something to keep your eye out on. Uh, we hope you guys can help us fill it, and it's all going to a great cause. And DraftKings has generously uh, agreed to make a handsome donation as well on our behalf. So super excited about it. Sucks we couldn't do it this year, but we're trying to make the best of a situation and hope that you all support it. But we're Absolutely. going live in 2022, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the plan. 
That's the plan. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't <laughs> like a one-time deal where we get COVID and then we're ruined forever. We can't go back. We're going back. We're doing it again. We will be back. Okay. Good. Because I missed it. Because I had a newborn. But yeah, I want to be there. Yeah, I want to really be in cool. a bungalow and hanging out and drinking beers with you guys. Yeah. And I think last year was also really cool. I mean, as you look back on it, just because it was literally like a week before the world shut down, right? It was, I mean, yeah, March 1st is when our, our uh, Monday after the Honda was. And then just a couple of weeks later, you know, it all happened. So they had that Coldplay concert and it was over. <laughs> I talked to Jeff about it last week. I think it was the last time I like shook somebody's hand that I didn't know. So it's right? like, it's crazy that it's been this long. Um, I know that, like I mentioned last year to people, like in a joking way, that this would be the best event of the year for them. Uh, <laughs> and it turned out that it, it was because there was just no other events for the rest of the year. So um, good foresight on that part. But we look forward to being back in 2022. And hopefully we can uh, get this contest off and running here in a few weeks. Honda's coming up soon, baby. That's right. Okay, so look for the contest. Is it going to be like active in the lobby, or are we going to have yeah. to find it in a link somehow? Yeah, so it'll be active. Um, yeah, we're waiting on DraftKings to help with the promotion and stuff like that. But again, it's going to be in place of Pat Mayo's event. Uh, he'll obviously be a part of this and be promoting it on his podcast uh, and stuff that he does with Jeff, which is very exciting. And, right. so there's uh, a lot of bragging rights on the line here because we want to win this thing just because it's like winning the actual DFS Open. We don't even have to play. We don't have to swing clubs. We just win this thing. We win the DFS Open. No, those are very good prizes, I can tell you. And, of course, you know, Joe and I could just take that that twosome for ourselves again like we did last <laughs> year, but we are willing to share it with whoever wins this. Yeah, that's true. Okay, okay. I like that. All right, well, we're going to look for that. And that's uh, for the Honda Classic. That is in a couple – well, I guess it's the week after the players, right? Yes. Yes. Cool. Well, all right. Thank you, Ryan. Tell us where we can find you and you're going. Did you already record your podcast? With the football <laughs> no, or? no, that's coming up next here. We record late. Uh, Matt's a night owl a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, Golflandia podcast. Obviously, Matt and I, uh, we just shoot the shit just like you guys do, which is great. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, rbarrow427. I'm usually pretty active uh, depending on how my work's going. Um, no NBA top shot tweets from Barrow. You will not see NBA top shot tweets. Don't worry about it. Follow. You definitely won't. No, no, you definitely won't. Usually it's it's uh, it's just me trying to be funny or me making fun of Xander to Nagels. You know, <laughs> a lot of stuff goes on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, thanks for joining us. It's uh, a two-time guest, Ryan Baroff. Thank you again, and we'll be back. Yeah, come again. See you guys. Thanks. You Peace out. Bye. All right, we got him out of here. You got? Are you? How's your internet? Tour picks. I'm on my phone right now. I'm, I apologize to anyone watching. My internet totally uh, shit the bed. And, and I was like checking it on my phone and it was like, can't connect to Gateway. And I, that's when I knew there was a problem. Uh, these are the issues you go through with live TV in your garage, right? That's live true. It sounded garage. a little different, but whatever. It's fine. We can hear you at least. You can hear me. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is uh, the end of the first part of the podcast. We're t making the turn. We're opening Let's the betting go. board. And this week I will share the screen. I already opened it, but anyway, I do uh, it is DraftKings Sportsbook. That's the book we're using. Again, these odds have kind of fluctuated throughout the day, and they will fluctuate depending on the book that you're looking at. So 
wherever you can find the best number and bet it. But we'll just describe the numbers we're seeing. If you're on the iTunes and you're not able to watch it on YouTube, we'll do the best we can. But it is more probably beneficial to watch it on uh, YouTube live. Uh, But at the tippity tip top again for the 100th week in a row, it is Dustin Johnson. He is 525 plus 525. That just means if you want to bet 10 bucks on DJ, you only win 5250. So are you doing that? No. No, you doing that? I mean, I was so close to giving you a lot of credit <laughs> last week when you said, "Hey, 5 to 1 on DJ is not a bad number, like it really isn't." Well, but in this field, it's a little different because it's a little different. But I don't know. I'm not sure. I, don't I didn't know see either. enough out of the D, the T8 last week at Genesis the final round it was a little iffy. So I, I'm not jumping it. I think it'll fall too. I think it'll get to six, seven, eight by the time this thing closes. I think it could fall a little bit. I don't know if it'll quite get to eight, but um, like you said, I mean, I, I, it's hard to make a case against him. I can see if you're into betting guys at the top of the board at five, six to one, um, you can make a great case for DJ, but just not my flavor. Um, I don't think it's your flavor either. So I'd rather uh, look at that sort of, I look, I think there's a tier one of players there's five six guys in there and you can get many the other five of them at a great price dustin's kind of leading the pack right now so he's far and away at five to one the the clear favorite in the field and should be but i think there's other guys right behind them at a bigger number i like okay here we go i got all the names i'm gonna say them and then i got questions about every one of them and i need your answer on it okay Okay. we got DJ, we already said at 525. You got Ram at eight and a half to one. You got Xander there at 11 to one. You got Cantlayer or so at about four. I don't know if these numbers have changed. I wrote them down and now I'm wondering if I should be reading them. Okay, Cantley at 14 to one. Fino at 16. Rory at 16 and a half. Bryson at 18 and a half. Same with JT. So that's your under 20 range. There's question marks about every one of these people, including you went on Rom last week and he is right below DJ at 850. What are you going to do at plus 850? Is that, are you going to do that now? Cause this isn't plus thousand. This isn't 12 to one. This is eight and a half to one. Yeah, no, not for me. I don't see why the price uh, went down so much. Obviously Rom. Mm-hmm. Is very open and, and prefers California West Coast golf to Florida golf. Um, you know, Ryan touched on it earlier as my internet was cutting out, but very different uh, scenarios and guys who who play well in South Florida don't always play well on the West Coast and vice versa. So I took them twelve to one last week. It was a number play. Not interested in the eight. I think it should be a worse number this week, in my opinion, than it was last week. So not interested there. So then there is no value on a Xander at 11 to one. The guy has had 16 top 25s in a row. I mean, he's been, this, he's this been sucks. on a consistent tear, buddy. So then at 11, why is he 11 though? This is ridiculous. This sucks. The answer to your question is the same answer that there is every week. And there is no value on Xander. Okay. It sucks. So if you want to get a piece of Xander this week, you kind of use him on DraftKings, or you yeah. do a matchup with him or something, maybe somehow, but you're still not going to get a good juicy number on a matchup with Xander. He's incredible. He's playing good. He's not playing great. He's playing good. Uh, Nagels tweeted out an incredible stat of him of like, um, I don't know. It was like 16 straight top twenties or something along those lines, but only tiger and Rory have ever done that. I mean, the guy's incredibly consistent, but 
uh, you're paying for a win equity of a guy that wins two, three times a year. And I just haven't seen it. I hope he wins. I root for Xander. I like, I want to bet him every week. Can't do it at 11 to one. Not when those guys under him are higher priced. Then Cantlay could be argued for as having the best form coming in. Although he didn't do awesome in round four, yeah, two days ago or whatever. But 14 to one, you get a little more on Cantlay. Isn't that encouraging that he's had some good signs to in the recent past absolutely can't ignore current form ever um i took him last week at 18 i think that this number is what he should have been last week at 14 to 1 and i think that he should be 18 this week coming over here to florida so uh i'm just not on him because i chose to go another direction uh in this range i have tweeted about a poll on the fantasy golf pod twitter page whether you're encouraged or discouraged by your results by tony fina i mean how could you not be I voted. encouraged? I voted encouraged, yeah. Yeah, That's wouldn't you be encouraged? He's had three seconds in a row. I mean, I'm going to click Tony. I don't know if I'm going to bet him. Are you going to bet him to win? No, and I didn't bet him to win last week, but I was still rooting for him down the stretch. Actually, Ryan and I were texting uh, during the playoff, and he was like, there's no way Finau makes this putt, right, when he had to putt to win it on the 10th hole. It was like, like no. an foot putt, and I'm like, no, there's no way. <laughs> we, we knew. We everyone knew he wasn't going to make that putt. It would have shocked us if he did. It's not that he's playing badly, but I don't know, man. It's just same thing. You're paying for a win equity on a guy that hasn't uh, proven it out. Well, then I saw you tweeting about Bryson. Does that mean you bet him? I didn't. So I thought long and hard about Bryson. I, it, in fact, was uh, encouraged at looking at his number. I thought that you maybe get a little bit higher number based on how we played last week. And that turned out a little bit to be the case. I missed the 22s. I missed the 20s. He was at 18 by the time I went there. Um, and then sitting right next to him was Justin Thomas. And I, I, I got to take JT, man. I didn't put the, house on JT. the house fell on JT last week. I forgot yeah. to ask Ryan about whether or not he thinks I can jinx people with my house. But, but there's people wondering, hey, am I going to bet the house on JT again? And I did not. No, I did not. I think the 10 7 number or whatever he is on DraftKings, I think that's enticing and I'm going to use it a little bit, but I'm not going to bet the house again. I don't like the number of uh, team. I mean, I have to bet a lot of money and I don't like to bet a lot of money. So, I, you know, I, I'm going to avoid betting on a guy that's so favored. I mean, that's also not that fun. Yeah, but you took the what last week? 14, 15. The 15 last week. He's coming back to Florida. Um, he obviously plays really well in Florida. He plays really well on Jack Nicholas courses. He's won the Honda, which I think is a fair comp this week. Uh, he won the last WGC played. Is that right or no? Uh, but he maybe. crushes WGCs. Like, if anyone is going to give love for guys who play well in no-cut events like Xander, JT is that guy. He wins sure. them. He wins them at an incredible rate. Uh, I think that last week was just a product of Things not clicking. It happens in golf. Um, oh, definitely. Dude, no. dude, the number on JT is better this week than it was last week. I'm wishing I wouldn't have done it last week, and then I would have the stones to do it this week. But whatever. The problem with me is that I like the names that are further down. Not necessarily the 20s, which include Daniel Berger, includes Tyrrell Hatton and Victor Alvin and Webb. Even though you can find Webb different places in it. 
Oh, looks like this is, uh, Brooks Kepka has dropped into the 20s, which is not the case when I wrote this up earlier this afternoon. But do you have any feeling on it? I think it's odd to see this board here and notice that Brooks is 26 to 1, Patrick Reed is 30, 31 to 1, but then there's in guys like Berger who won. Why aren't they with the Berger that won? Why is like Hatton and Hovland and Simpson ahead of Brooks and Reed? I don't know, man. Like I initially thought um, when kind of looking at the course that in a couple of people's previews that I saw was a ton of water, right? Nicholas, ton of water. That's why I comped it to the Honda. Brooks finds trouble with a ton of water off the tee. But then I talked to our guy, uh, Josh Bennett, just swish on Twitter, does an amazing sort of hole by hole breakdown. He basically said for Roto Baller, if you want to subscribe yeah, to Roto Baller, you can use the promo code nine. Some awesome sort of insider notes on it. Um, check out his article that's up now. But he basically said that there's six holes uh, where water comes into play off the tee. But really, if you can hit it 300 plus, it's only three holes. So you, he can negate a lot of that with his distance and carry it. Um, I don't think it's going to be nearly as hard as the Honda. I, I kind of don't think it's going to play that hard this week. Um, unless they get a ton of wind, unless they have these roll-offs, off the green sort of shave similar to how Riviera did. But I can imagine uh, typically when you see a course host an event for the first time, they're a little bit nervous about setup and they want to make sure that they can get an event to come back there. So they don't want to lose control of the event and have guys complaining about the runoffs and it's too hard, blah, blah, blah. These guys. Oh yeah, dude, if you're trying to get members to sign up and join your country club and they just see people like that are professionals getting massacred, they're not going to want to join your country club. 15 to 20 under, I put it there. I like Brooks in harder events. I like him with no water. That said, he comes back to Florida. He's in great form. He's got his game back. He's playing off a second consecutive week where we know, we talk about it all the time, he plays his best. Um, but he's going to be playing a lot lately. This just isn't the spot that I'm going to select him yet. Yet. I could change my mind on that. Okay, well, you? let's I go to the next range, yet. which is the 40s. you have um, anybody yet, Chad? What's it? What'd you say? Do you have anybody yet? Who do you got? What do we see here? We got DJ at the top. No. Rob, no. Xander, no. Cantley, maybe no. Tony, no. Rory, no. Bryson, no. JT for DraftKings. Berger, no. Hatton, no. Hovland, no. Webb, I'm considering it because I can find a 30 on it, but I don't like the 22, so no. And then Brooks, I didn't do. And then Patrick Reed, maybe. Because APPR always bet Patrick Reed because he's the man. But I didn't go anything very big until I reached the 40s, Joe, where I laid the lumber. On who? (laughs) On Morikawa, of course. Yeah, okay. Dude, I'm I'm shocked. This number, 46 to 1? I can't find that anywhere. But if I could, I would grab a wheelbarrow. I'd throw cash in it like – I was on it was on fire and I would run it to the bank and I would put it all on Morikawa because did you see his approach numbers? Did you see his T degree numbers and did you see his putting numbers? All of that equates to an amazing potential performance this week, and you can get it at the 46 to 1 for a top 10 player of the world. A guy that won a major last year, a guy that's a winner. Oh my god. This is juicy. I love it. It's a huge number on Morikawa. Um, I haven't taken it. Just a lot of things that are concerning for me are he just seems to have gotten loose with his irons. Uh, I think that he changed clubs. 
Um, well, that approach numbers, he was fifth in approach or T to green or whatever he so was. What was, it? what was it last week? Was it putting? Minus seven putting second wow. worst in the field. He was fifth best in T to green. So, I mean, he was crushing it everywhere. And then how does that, that festers in your That's mind. And then it just bleeds into other parts. So if he was putting well, do you think, I'm sure he wouldn't have pressed as hard. He wouldn't have tried things that he didn't need to try because he was putting better and he was in contention or whatever he would have been doing. But instead he wasn't. And there he was getting frustrated. And you know what he's doing now? He's taking that little saw thing that he's doing and he's going to the, the range or whatever, the putting green, and he's figuring it out over the next few days, which is now today. And then by the time he shows up here at a WGC where he knows he needs to perform, he knows he needs to get ready. This is, well, I mean, clearly this is one of the actual true tests to warming up to the players. And we admit that it's not a major. We we're not a podcast that it thinks the players is a major by any means, but at the same time, they fucking know there's $15 million in the purse. <laughs> so they're going to show up to the players and care. And then they use this as like a pre test. You got four rounds guaranteed. So like, let's put out our best effort. And I think you're going to get it from JT. You're going to get it from Morikawa or these guys that showed up last week, but were bad with the putters. Didn't have it. You might even get it from Rory too. I don't know what his, statistics were but these guys just come back and they're motivated and they're mad and they you can follow justin ray golf you can see he tweeted about how rory follows up misco with like a win in a second and all these things will haskett our guy he tweeted about how jt follows up miscuts doing stuff on the weekend preparing the next week to get better to not do that again and then guess what they show up more focused and then they actually perform really well so take guys like the elite dudes off of miscuts and then also take the Morikawas, the ones that show up, have the irons on fire, and are working on a putting stroke and being different or whatever. And they're just, they know that this is a work in progress. Do you think he's going to lose seven strokes putting next week? Like that's almost impossible to do two weeks in a row. Correct. That is impossible to do. And he won't do that. But I just don't like guys in general who are finicking and messing with their putter. Um, it just, it's a confidence thing that just sort of seems to trickle down in the rest of the parts in your game. And like you said, uh, you can be fantastic tee to green in a week and still not finish well, all due to the putter. So it kind of does. Get Hideki rest. does it every week. Hideki does it every week. Uh, <laughs> Finau does it quite often, but I'm, I'm debating more out what you said there really kind of brought me around. I see a 33. I'm also interested in Sung Jay at that same number. Um, but I did take, I, I know we kind of glossed over it and I got lost on the Brooks talk. But I did take Daniel Berger. Straight vibing, baby. 30 to oh, 1. Oh, yeah. I saw your tweets about straight vibing. We're going to see 30 to 1. Yeah, it's a, it's a, that's a good number on Berger. He well, though, but so he's well 22 in this book. Oh, is he? Yeah. Well, he's 30 currently on Bova. Okay. <laughs> that's why you need to have access to a few books. You need yep. to shop it around. You need to get the best number that you can get because it does make a difference. When it, makes a difference when it comes down to you're doing this week in and week out. If you're just doing it once every once in a while and you're like, oh, I'm going to bet this week because I'm in Vegas. Well, it doesn't fucking matter. Just play whoever you want. It doesn't matter. But anyway, so then let's see. The 40 range, you have anyone else in here? Did you like Scotty Scheffler at all? Nope. I didn't take anyone else. I looked at Fleetwood like we talked about earlier, but he's at 40 right here. If I saw that 55 that Ryan talked about, I'd be interested. Uh, but, no, I, I do have some interest, actually, in Fitz. Um, he's kind of made his American home over here in Florida. He's playing out of the Bears Club. 
Um, so he should have some familiarity here coming in with good form overseas, coming in with good form last week. Uh, another guy that we're kind of waiting for that breakthrough. But to me, like you have him and Tommy there. I think Fitz is playing much better than Tommy currently um, mm-hmm. and should be ahead of him on the odds board. So I, I have some interest in Fitz, but haven't really bet anyone here until I get up to 80 to one right now. So, there, I mean, Cameron Smith, that's got to be looked at a little bit. I mean, we're getting into the 50s and the 60s, and you got Sheffield, you got Fleetwood, and you can find Ryan Palmer there too. But Cameron Smith, he had the uh, numbers last week. I, I He has the game to do it. I mean, I don't know. I like the number. It's 60 to 1. It's just juicy for Cameron Smith. I think we've got to bet that. Yeah. I had him last week at 80. He made a great Sunday run. Uh, he has a great look going for him right now. <laughs> uh, so he makes for great TV. Put him on television as much as possible. Okay, so uh, other names in the 60s. Any? Just say yes or no. Harris English? Nope. Hideki Matsuyama, we're getting at 60 to 1 finally. Jeez, No. Okay, what about Adam Scott, Mr. Putter for one round and not for the other rounds? <laughs> no. If I had to make – if I had to – you know, they're mostly all going to be no's because it's going to be who's going to make my card. It's not that I don't like him, um, okay. but it's going to be a no. All right, well, then let's go to the 70s. And if, do, you, do you have – do you prefer a flyer guy? Would you even want one at 70 to 1 in this field, in this kind of environment? Or is that where you kind of start leaning the top 10s and top 5s in the 70 range? Because you can even see over on the side here, this is top 5 and top 10 numbers, although it's not very good because it cuts off. But you got – I mean, you can get 11 to 1 in a top 5. Jason Day, or, you know, you get a Louis Oosthuizen in top 10 at 4-1. to one. Yeah, so this is that range where you start leaning toward top 5, top 10s. I think they hold a little bit more value to them this week in a really small field. Uh, and plus you got, not only do you have a smaller field, you've got probably 9 to 10 names sort of at the very bottom that qualified through the Japan Tour and these guys that you can kind of just immediately cross off. So that brings you down to a really small field, some of which are, are the Euro guys as well, um, you know, that I don't expect to really contend. But I definitely took some, Ryan talked about some Sergio. Um, wow. Just a good number, 80 to 1. He was playing well overseas. He plays traditionally well in Florida. Um, he likes sort of these Bermuda grass greens, these Nicholas courses. Uh, seems to set up pretty well for him, and I just think that it's a very fair number. I could definitely see him coming in and top fiving here with his eyes closed. Yeah, right. I mean, he won literally just recently, didn't he? Yeah. So again, it's kind of odd that you got winners like uh, Sergio intermixed with randoms. Like, I guess it's hard to say because I like Ryan Palmer. I like Harris English. He went. He won. Yeah, Harris English back on Bermuda is something to definitely take note of. Back in sort of his comfort zone, uh, he obviously won at the Century. So he got sort of that monkey off of his back, made a little money, then played like shit for a couple weeks. But I expect him to rebound and kind of return to form, particularly through this Florida swing. So it's a very interesting number on, on Harris this week, I will say. Are you a Zalatoris truther? No, I'm not. I think he's really, really good. But I just think that, um, you know, he's 
maybe a little bit overhyped, which is potentially leading to a couple less points on the odds boards than he should be in terms of his, the guys right around him. Um, I saw – okay, well, let's just get to the hundreds and above. I mean, this is the long shot season. We love it. The You know, you do the lunch drive long shot. What do you call it? Yep, lunch drive long shots. So then uh, do you have any this week? Because I've got three names, 101 above, that I like, that I actually think could could win. Can I guess one of them? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be hard. Billy Horschel. Okay, 125 to 1. Billy <laughs> Horschel, Bermuda. Well, I guess he's 110 to 1 in this book, but I, I'm pretty sure I got 125 to 1. I got the 125 too. I'm on it. Yeah, like it seems stupid because he's an actual killer. Like he does actually want to kill. Now, I'm a homer to Gators because I like Joachim Noah's Final Four team, which is weird because at the time, Torian Green was one of my favorite players. Corey Brewer, they had Al Horford, they had Billy Donovan as a coach. It was a great team. It was amazing. And I was in college at the time, and I had the Gophers, and the Gophers were god-awful. And so I loved the Gators. I followed – they were 18-0 and 0 to start the season, and I was like, oh, my God. The reason why I like the Gators to begin with is because of this time I went to Sanibel Island, and I was like nine years old, and I got a T-shirt, and it had a Gator on it, and they were in the Final Four. That time they had like that little Zach Miller guy or whatever they had but anyway so back to the fact that i like this gator guy billy horschel is because of this final four team and whatever so now i'm into the gators and i followed him and he won the fedex cup and so i'm into billy horschel and then now i keep seeing that 110 to one on billy horschel because i think joe people don't like billy horschel this is like the bryson patrick reed you get a better number on a guy that people don't like Definitely. And he seems to get a lot of attention when he burns people, but not a lot of attention when he finishes like eighth, uh, which happens a lot. So he doesn't get much love for finishing eighth, but he misses a cut and everyone wants to burn him down. You're right. Um, Obviously, you mentioned the Florida Gator narrative coming back home, um, you know, plays well in this area. I think it's just a big number. He always plays good at the Honda Classic, uh, which is another Nicholas course down here this way. 125 is a big number. I think he makes it for a good, solid top 10 bet. Okay, so then who are the other two that I've got? Okay, so you've got – are you snorting the co-crack? Nope. Are you taking Gary Woodland? Because I took Gary Woodland. I did not. Okay. I mentioned him to Baroff. He's 250 to 1. Sebastian Munoz. He won on Bermuda. He's a Bermuda guy. That's when you take Munoz. So he has been fucking you over. Yeah, maybe over the last couple weeks on POA because everyone hates POA. And he hates it a lot. So back on Bermuda, Mr. Munoz, a real killer. Like, honestly, I straight up said this a couple weeks ago. I don't remember where it was or when I said it. But if he was walking alongside the elites on the PGA Tour, he wouldn't give a shit about them. Like he has that moxie, that cool, that swagger, and he's two hundred and fifty to one for Sebastian Munoz. So I picked him, and then I picked a Florida guy who likes to cut the grass and drinks a beer. Mark Leishman, one hundred and twenty-five to one. I'm in that Mark. Where is Leishman? I don't see. Him. I I didn't even see him on my board here. Oh, okay, he's at eighty. What I'm looking at. Oh, he's at um, eighty somewhere. Well, I got him at hundred or hundred and ten. I don't know, but he's one hundred and twenty-five to one on this DK Sportsbook, and I think that's a juicy bet because he's a winner. He won literally January of last year. 
it's a good bet. Leishman is one of those guys who can putt like shit for like nine consecutive weeks, and then the one week he gains four strokes putting, he wins that tournament. Uh, so I think that's a worthy flyer. Um, you know, I look, I took Woodland. I also like am looking at maybe a top ten on Mackenzie Hughes. Um, he's 150 to one his odds, and also at 140 to one is Lee Westwood. Um, Josh tends to think that this course is going to set up well for the Bombers. Lee's not, but it's also going to play a lot shorter than I think the yardage book would indicate, um, given what he told me about a lot of the dog legs that you can kind of, it's going to look like it's a really long hole, but by the time you cut off the corners the way these tour pros did, it will tend to shorten it, and it turns into a wedge fest. He's one of the best wedge players in the world still. We're going to a new sort of setup, and Lee Westwood just tends to pop at places uh, when he plays well. He's very much in control and understands his strengths of his game at this point. Um, you know, kind of just a wild card week with a new course, so just saw a number there and, and may take it. Okay, we got some questions from the audience. Uh, how about Let's 250 to 1 on Cameron Champ, who wanted to play last week, but the weather didn't allow him to. It wasn't like he has an injury or something. But So do we take Cameron Champ? I mean – He's a winner too, 250 to one. West Coast champ. He's a West Coast champ. I'm not liking him here. No. Okay. Um, let's go up to this uh, the chat here. Again, if you're on YouTube or uh, Periscope, you can chat and we'll get to the questions. This one says, do you guys put any stock in the 2015 NCAA championship? Uh, I'll, you answer it first. I did not know that the 2015 NCAA championship was here. So Do you know who won no. it? What's that? Do you know who won it? No. That's what I put the picture up earlier today. <laughs> what? It was Bryson. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, I knew that. Screen face Bryson. I saw trophy. that. I know it's, you may not have recognized him. because No, I, forgot, like I totally forgot about that. Um, but, fuck, no, that was six years ago. I don't remember what I was doing six years ago. Do you think these golfers care about <laughs> You're right. It does seem like so close, but that was six years ago. Yeah, but it is like it has to be some sort. Look, we look for any sort of edge that there can be. Right. Um, He's probably one of the very few guys in this field that are coming back to a place where they know that what the golf course looks like before they arrive on site. And they also have good vibes there. Right. I mean, you you pull into a place where the last time you were there. Uh, you hoisted a trophy to win the NCAA title. It's got to give you sort of a good feeling. So I put well, some stuff into that. We talked. Remember about when we talked to Christina Kim? Yeah. And she said, you could have the that feeling, and then you're playing bad, and you come in, and you're like, oh, yeah, I birdied this hole every single time. And then you get a bogey one time, and it derails your thought process for the rest of the round, and you're fucked. So maybe it could work against guys that played well in the 2015 NCAA championships that six years ago. Maybe it'll make a difference, but maybe it'll make a negative difference. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because he was obviously such a different player then. True. Um, I don't know if he was using the one-length irons in college. I don't know. I know that he wasn't hitting it 340 off the tee in college. I don't think he was using the longer uh, sort of arm lock putter style that he uses now in college. So he's very much a different player. I think that her narrative there uh, range true sometimes to guys playing. I think her point was guys playing their home course and, and, you know, places that they play 40 times. I don't think he's been there probably since he won that. 
but yeah, it's worth a couple points to me to answer your question. Like if he was, if I rated him out 18 to one, I think that him coming off a previous win is worth a point. I think coming back with good vibes is worth a point drop of two on the odds board. If that still lines up for you at the 18 to one number that he currently is take him. Okay. I like that way of thinking this Jesse, a friend of the program asks, can you guys expand on the theory of golfers being no cut specialists? Why? Could they really be a no-cut specialist? Is that a thing? I don't think so. I don't put really any stock into it. I think there are some guys that um, just perform, the very top-end guys that just perform better when sort of the pressure's on in some of these WGCs. There's a higher payday. There's less guys in the field. But, no, I don't think that if you play well, you play well. I don't put anything into it. What about what you? What I put into it, Joe, is that the the cream truly will rise to the top because A, it's less human beings. Mm-hmm. B, they get four rounds. They know this, and they're going to not press when they get a bogey, or they're going to be patient and wait for the times that they're feeling hot, and then they're going to go for it. So there's a point to, yes, there are people that are better at no cuts, but those are just the better golfers. Like, that's the truth. It's like right. JT and Xander, they're doing better at these courses. They're better golfers. DJ is one of the best WGC players. Tiger's one of the best WGC. It's because they're just, if you give them four rounds, you give them more holes, they're going to beat you if you give them more opportunities to beat you. Exactly. It was like Rom last week. I mean, he played like basically like shit for three days, but he's so good that come along Sunday, he makes a couple putts, and all of a sudden you end up T6 in an event where you really had no business, barely squeaking through the cut. So, I think it can matter for that that sort of third tier of guys, your your Andy Sullivans, your Kisners that that usually hover around that cut line and maybe Friday afternoon or play a little bit different because they know that they have to get in at a number or if they're at the number currently that's projected above the cut, maybe they play the last three or four holes more conservatively than normal, whereas here it's just go out and keep making birdies because you know you're collecting a check when it ends. But I think that this event's going to be won by one of the top 10 guys in the field, and I don't think it matters a bit to them. Okay, so did we talk about everything we needed to talk about? Yeah, I think so, man. Uh, Joe Idoni is at Tour Picks. He is going live Wednesday night with Rick Rungood. And Rick Rungood, he does have a podcast, I remember at one point, about no-cut specialists. I think it's on YouTube where he dissected some of the numbers on that one time. You could try to find that or else uh, – Chris Durrell, Jagerbomb9 on Twitter, like that guy has spreadsheets and he has a spreadsheet that classifies no cut people. And he has a Patreon page and you can go on and you can subscribe and you can get the spreadsheet from him for like five bucks. So maybe you just do that on weeks that it's a no cut event and then you get a spreadsheet. If you think there are such things as no cut specialists. Yeah, if you are one of those guys that likes to crunch a ton of data on Fantasy National and, and create your own sort of projections and look everything up for yourself, Great. If you're not and want an easy cheat sheet for five bucks, hit up Chris Durrell. His sheets are awesome. Like everything is very easy to read and decipher. Uh, he does a great job and it's very cheap and it's basically the answers to the test. <laughs> Good one. Because it is, but it is. But at the same time, hey, if you want to sign up for Jack Market, do it with the promo code PL20 now. We're getting $20 to every new sign up. It's amazing. And it's a fun app to do. And it's easy to do. It's really, it's like anything else on the internet these days. You just 
try it out a couple times, figure it out. And by the time you do it for a week, you're freaking hooked. I know you will be. So use our code and sign up and do that. And then follow Joe and Rick every Wednesday. Absolutely. Yeah. 20 bucks. I'm telling you, you can go a long way on there. Oh yeah. You can turn that 20 into 60 and then that 60 and 120 real quick. There's a number of guys I know, Augie last week and a number of these guys, um, Coach Beeves. So these guys have just been slaying it every week off a, a pretty small deposit and built up a nice little bankroll. And and don't get on top shots. Go to the <laughs> jock market. Go to the jock market. Uh, do something like real. Get on top shots for sure. And understand. If you like top shots, fine. Have no. fun. I don't get it. This oh, we're losing people. Oh, talking top shots, you just lose people. I just see the number of people in the chat. Hey, actually, I see the number of the people in the chat. I appreciate the number of people in the chat. Thank you for being in here, the dozen or so people that have been here throughout the whole show. We do appreciate you. It goes a long way. And honestly, once this ends and there's a replay, just comment along and say, hey, thanks for the show, whatever, because it does help the algorithm. It does help us grow. And that's all we want to do is try to grow this thing a little bit bigger each one at a time. And then we can give stuff away. We can have more fun. We can do bigger, yep. better things next year, DFS Open 2022. And again, prepare for a DFS Open DraftKings contest that will be for the Honda Classic. It's going to be awesome. It's going to have awesome prizes. Maybe I'll figure out a way to contribute some swag for fantasy golf pop. Maybe one of these hoodies can be like the 50th prize or something. Yeah. We'll do some preferred lines swag too. Maybe we'll give away a couple of entries on the show the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned. Or like we could stuff. do a guest spot. We could give away a guest spot on this program where you're yeah, the guest yeah. that week you win. You, I don't know. Is that a dump? Would they want we just be? take a week off and just let them run the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, boys and girls. Appreciate your uh, watching and subscribing and liking and sharing. Click that thumbs up and tell a friend. Bye-bye. Here we go. Peace. See you, Joe. Peace.